Welcome to PS, Greatest Hits of the Puget Sound podcast, where we revisit our conversations with members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker, and today we're revisiting my conversation with Roy Robinson, Director of International Programs. This conversation was recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio in June of 2019. So obviously quite a bit has changed with regard to international travel in the intervening year and a half. That said, I think you'll enjoy it. Roy has a lot to say about the opportunities Puget Sound affords its students to study abroad, the value of connecting across a difference and borders, and the opportunities that we'll return to. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Roy, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. That was fun. I was excited when you asked me. Good. Well, it's a lot of fun for me, actually, for pretty much every reason. But one of them is I learned all kinds of things I didn't know before <laughs> about all kinds of places on campus. So I've just learned about you while we were sitting down that you're no good at yard work. <laughs> is that, it's true. I wish it wasn't, but it's true. Yeah. Is that your summer project? Are you a backyard kind of person? Because well, we've just we've just passed commencement, I should say. Yeah. So everybody's sort of shifting into summer mode. It's been like an eight-year project that I haven't gotten around to. So I figured after this long, I... <laughs> I need to make an effort at least. Right. And then call it a day. If it doesn't work, then I'll move on. Maybe a Zen garden in the backyard or sure. something. Yeah. Rocks. Yeah. That, that's yeah. about to my level. Yeah. <laughs> that's rocks. Concrete. <laughs> that would work well. Yeah. So, um, your title is Director of International Programs, right? That's do right. Do I have that right? Yep. What does that mean? What do you do every day when you go to work? So I guess uh, roughly most of that is really study abroad, but we also have international students. So – I am responsible for working with study abroad and international students and other things that come up. We have faculty exchanges sure. and things like that. So in the end, I'm responsible for all those things. And what is a day in the life like? Most of the time, are you talking to students about study abroad? Are you assisting visas through the process? Uh, that's the hardest one. Is it when really? We get those, I, I feel for students because the visa side is so hard to keep up with because it can, you know, it can change on a daily basis. So sure. it's so hard. But this time of year, we get lots of those visa questions. But I would say most of it is on the study abroad side. Mm. And then uh, yesterday we had to send an I-20 to get for an international student to get their, their visa to come to the States. Right. And... I would say it's a mix of the summer, not so much meeting with students, but during the sure. year, it'd be part meeting with students, meeting with faculty to talk about. We do a lot more faculty-led programs, yeah. um, different committees, those kind of things. So a lot of meetings and a lot of emails. <laughs> uh, it is more fun to sit down and chat with students, though, because I get excited, you know, just yeah. like when I hear about you talking about Madagascar, I get excited and kind of live vicariously through that stuff. So well, it's nice. Where were you when you did the Peace Corps? Were I was you? in Benin. In, okay. In, right in between Togo and Nigeria. Yeah. So yeah. West Africa. West Africa. Yeah. It. Um. Boy, it is just so exciting to think about all the places in the world you can go. Oh, I mean, you can go everywhere now. Yeah. I, I kind of just want to, in retirement, I think I want to live in every country for a month and just see what each one is like. I don't think it's going to happen financially, but that's a <laughs> that, goal. That's yeah. not in the retirement plan. Yeah, that's uh, that would be, and my wife likes that too, so it's it's ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's part of what's fun about study abroad, and also I sort of suspect that that's why I get so many questions about studying abroad yeah. from people that are thinking about going to college. Is it's a um, colorful feels like the wrong word. That feels too obvious. But it's just an exciting thing to be able to think about, that you can oh. go to all these places and you can explore all these things. And Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, I, to me, it just 
it just brings your education to life in a way. Like yeah. You can see these things. And the other thing is, I think every place has something to offer. You know, it might not be your favorite place, right. but still you learn a little something that you want to incorporate into your life. You find out something great about that culture there that they do that's amazing. You yeah. think, oh, I wish I could get that somehow to keep that going when I'm back here in the States and things like that. And It's tough, yeah. Well, and one of the things that's come up a lot for us or for me, I should say, in these conversations is nearly everybody I've talked to has alluded in one way or another to you have some idea of how something is going to go, yeah. right? Your major, your time in college, where you're going to go abroad, your experience abroad. Yeah. And then uh, it almost never goes exactly the way you thought. <laughs> yeah. And you still are able – Some often it's better. Yeah. And even if it's not, you still are able to take so many positives out of it. Yeah. And when I think about – you mentioned that I went to Madagascar. Yeah. When I think about that, that – I mean, that's the bumper sticker line from yeah. my experience there, right? Didn't go how I thought. Oh, was still yeah. great. Yeah. And and I mean, that'll continue on through life. Yeah, thanks. I mean, you know, after school, <laughs> it's, it's always kind of like that. I still have these things. But yeah, I mean, it it that's the beauty of it. If you go in with a set expectation of what it should be, it can be harder. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to set goals to what you'd like to try to get out of this, but you kind of have to roll with what the experience is going to be. Same yeah. with Peace Corps. If you had an sure. idea that I'm going and I'm changing the world or something. Right. You, you really have to go in thinking, I'm going in for the experience, and then we'll see right. what comes of that. Right. Be somewhat flexible. Yeah. Well, and when you did Peace Corps, you wouldn't have been able to pick your country, right? Because no, now you can different. say, I want to go. So you were just assigned Benin. Yeah. It, back then, it was kind of, you go potluck. They they asked, is there a place you'd like to go? Sure. And I did want to go to Africa. Yeah. Um, and then I think because I'd studied abroad in, in France, mm. um, they said, oh, you have some French. Right. You'll go to Benin. So. Right. You. <laughs> and how to go? I was. I mean, it was challenging, but it was fabulous. You know, right. it's when do you have an opportunity to really get to know a family in a village, yeah. a rural village in West Africa, where you really get to know them, where you're past right. the point of just in this kind of awestruck, like, I can't believe I'm here. And and you get to it's just everyday people, and they're, yeah. it becomes so normal and wonderful in that way. You just don't have a chance to do that later in life. It's hard to have two years Free. You know, free, exactly. Yeah. You know, and and the connections you make and you try to do projects and when something works, it's just I mean, it, I mean it's great. It's uh it's funny now that life is busy and things, I find myself longing a lot for that <laughs> right. like slow pace of life and those kind of interactions and things yeah. like that. It's nice. It's the Peace Corps is another order, just in even in terms of time spent someplace beyond a semester or even a year abroad. Yeah. But I think about what you just described a lot. So right now is sort of the time of year where I'm getting a lot of gap year requests. Yeah. People who have been admitted to Puget Sound and who've said they want to come and then email me and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing X or Y. I'm thinking about doing an internship and yeah. often abroad in this other country. Um, but I th really the number one thing that I get is people who say, I just want some time to travel. Yeah. I want to take a break before college and go travel. And I am somebody who benefited enormously personally and intellectually from going other places in the world. But I also did it through institutions, right? right I studied yeah. abroad for a semester. And I wonder sometimes, it feels like a very different experience to me if you are spending a couple of weeks somewhere or even if you're traveling yourself somewhere for just a couple of months and trying to find entree points yeah. versus if you're going with some structure and with some people who already have a foothold in that place and who can can oh, introduce you. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Whether it's gap year, whether it's study abroad, I think we used to think 
you throw someone in. It's kind right. of like you just throw them in and they learn everything by being yeah. immersed in that. Yeah. And, you know, that works for some people. But we've also found over time that structure, even in that kind of environment, to help people understand a culture and the way things are done. Right. And lang- that structure helps helps someone get a lot more out of that experience. Yeah. Everyone, you know, is different levels of where they are in life. For me, I should have done a gap year because I was pretty really? immature going to college. <laughs> I just needed as much as opening my mind just to grow up somewhat yeah. and do things like that. And so I think it's all different levels. But if you can have a structured experience, you're going to get more out of it. I mean, you still have fun experiences when you're traveling. You see things and things resonate with you or they right. stay with you. But I think it's going to be deeper if you can have a structured experience, something like that. And Madagascar is kind of an extreme example, but I think about that all the time with myself. I could never have just bought a plane ticket to Antananarivo and had the experiences that I had going with the program, partly because of language, partly because – and maybe if I had traveled other places in sub-Saharan Africa, this would have felt different. But just the rhythm of life was new to me, right? I needed somebody to introduce me to here's how you get on this bus, (laughs) Right. Here's how you buy groceries. Here's how you, you know, take a shower. Right. In this setup that to to try to figure all of that out myself, I think, would have overwhelmed me in a way that would have not allowed me to make use of my time. Oh, you would have spent all that time getting to that level. It would take you months where someone can help you get there with that structure. Right. And that's kind of I look I think of Peace Corps in that way, you know, where I was in a new village. So I'm kind of there and. It took right. a long time to figure things right. out. You know, you're just ah. And if you know, if you had that structure, I mean, that's why they're there. That's why a program like SIT does things mm-hmm. so well. And and that really is a mini kind of Peace Corps esque kind of experience sure. because it's much just the pace of things and just how long little things take and right. and just the way things are done in a different manner is just. You need that kind of guidance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just thrown in, wow. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. And and we also don't want to overwhelm someone because you're not gaining what you want in that. If you're if you're right. you know struck with that, you you don't have time to really process what's going on. It's it's helpful to have someone that can help you process those things. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And even so you mentioned SIT, which is the sort of operating program that does these kinds of experiential study abroad programs. So you know this, but I'll say for listeners, the trip that I did to Madagascar was with SIT. And a hallmark of those programs are that you get about a month of time where you actually are on your own at the end to do independent research. And I did that after three months already in Madagascar with help. And it still was hard. I mean, there were still so many parts of it where it was like, whoa. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I had to, what do I do here? Right. How do so I what, how do I problem solve yeah, well, this? What do I do in this situation? Yeah. I got. I don't know if I ever told you this. I got bit by a cat. No, in, you didn't. <laughs> Maybe that's good. I didn't know at the time. Okay. In in a tiny little village in the south central highlands of Madagascar, and I think, uh oh, right, because yeah. all I've heard for months is there's rabies in Madagascar. Oh. Right. There's like two big diseases in Madagascar that you don't want. And one is rabies and one is the bubonic plague. Yeah. And, right. Neither are that good. Yeah. No, yeah, no, you, you don't, don't really want, want either of those things. Either, yeah. So I'd gotten, because I was nervous about it, that you can get the pre-series of rabies vaccines. But then this cat bites me and I'm like, okay, this cat looks normal. Right. Yeah. But rabies kills you. So yeah. the conclusion there is I got to go get another shot. Right. And so I just to have the wherewithal and the cultural awareness to 
problem solve that. And I got yeah. help with that. I should clarify. No, but with but without freaking out about to have oh. a sense of, okay, here's where I need to go and to not be weirded out when the doctor at the hospital said, okay, well, I need you to go make a photocopy of this form and buy a notebook and then come back. And then yeah. I'll, you know, I never saw the form again. Right. Yeah. And she wrote in this notebook that I had bought that had a picture of a French soccer player kicking another, like an Italian in the head <laughs> on the cover. Right. Cause that's what they had at the market. Right. She wrote in it like one rabies shot and the date and was like, here's your vaccine record. Yeah. And, and to have that experience and be like, okay, right. Yeah. Done. Good. It's daunting to go into foreign hospital. No matter oh, where yeah. it is. I mean, it's scary. No matter yeah, that that's a tough experience. But building up, even the three months can go by so quickly, as right. you know, as you're learning so much every day and this kind of thing. But the whole idea of that SIT program is to build your skill set throughout those months so yeah. that you can do those things and you can handle those things. Right. And that's amazing. I mean – I love that. And I, what's so great is you really stepped out of your comfort zone. I mean, <laughs> That's you, true. you know, you said, I'm going to go to Madagascar. I mean, yeah. very few do that. That's amazing at, at such a young age to know that you're willing and able and wanting to go and have this totally different experience, you know? Right. Well, it's and a lot then, more challenging. Yeah. And to have the experience, we've been talking about this, but to be set up in a way where it affirms the desire to do that. Sure. Where you go and you're like, oh, that that was hard, but also it was great. And yeah. not, boy, that was overwhelming and yeah. stressful. And yeah. Where do most of our students go? I would say the majority, if you look at our numbers, are still Western Europe-based. Yeah. Um, but they change, you know, every time. Yeah. Certain places for whatever reason, become popular. Right. And certain places fall out of favor and it's kind of you're unsure why. Yeah. Um, So I I still, the majority go to Western Europe. Yeah. um, And, but we have, I mean, we had a student in Dakar last year. I didn't know that. Yeah, we had, uh uh-huh, in Senegal. We have, we don't have a lot, unfortunately, going to Africa. And so um, one thing I'm really excited about is we're doing a faculty-led program to Ghana in January. Who's leading that? Uh, Latoya Brackett. She's in African-American studies. Um, She's great, super nice, super passionate about Ghana. Yeah. And it's just, I have to admit, after being, you know, a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa, it's so exciting. It is. Yes, Ghana, I'm already getting that excited feel and, you know, thinking of all the full of life of Accra and places. Um, So that's fun. It kind of keeps you going. Yeah. Well, and I'm even trying to think with those faculty-led programs, the majority of them are not to Europe. The only one that I can think of is... The global migration class did right. a week in Amsterdam, but right. also a week in Qatar. Right. In they the just Middle got East. back from Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Do you know how it went? Have you heard? It went well. I yeah, heard good. from Andrew and Robin. They both said it went well. The students were great. And uh, they were troopers because apparently they went on a really long um, architectural tour <laughs> on bikes and they were tired, but they, they did a great job. So it's always fun to hear those things, too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, most of those are elsewhere. Mm. We've had, you know— this year we've had Beijing, uh, yeah. or we will have Beijing right now. We've had Fuzhou, China, where we mm. have our kind of sister city of Tacoma and and Huanan Women's College. Uh, we have Thailand coming up. We've got what else? Yeah, they went to Qatar and Amsterdam. Oh, we have a group in Berlin. Seventeen in Berlin right now. I didn't so that's know a that. European one. What are people yeah, doing in Berlin? Chris Imbrigada. Um, super nice guy. Um, they're studying about Germany. Like cool. finding Germany. So they'll be there. in And this place in Berlin is so amazing where this center is. It's through CIE. It's this cool neighborhood in Berlin. It's this old button factory they've redone. Ugh. I mean, it's it's like, oh, can I just 
spend a few years there. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you need exactly. someone to be there for a while. It'd be so nice. Yeah. What do international smuggling, wastewater, literature of the African diaspora, and 20th century Chinese art have to do with each other? I'm Brittany Jackson, Assistant Director of Admission and Multicultural Admission Coordinator. And those are just a few of our amazing faculty's research interests. Find out more and discover new topics all together by browsing our website at pugetsound.edu. Now back to PS, the Puget Sound Podcast. Imagine with your job, too, I hope that you find this inspirational, but you watch a lot of people go a lot of cool places. Yes. To, if I, I don't know that I could have your job and not want to buy a plane ticket every other week. I do want to buy a plane yeah, ticket right. every other week. I think that's how we all end up getting into this field because yeah. we've had these great experiences and we want to keep doing that. So I do see that. And I, I that's what's kind of fun. You know, we get to talk to students before they go and we, when they we get to hear about their experiences. And it's so fun, but it is, we have to admit, we were, we're longing to be there doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, to spend a semester, you know, wherever it may be. Right. It's like, oh, I want to do that. I'm thinking of all the food and the people you meet. And yeah, yeah sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you sort of got to. Yeah. Because did. you did what, Roy? Well, the university was really nice and let <laughs> me go and work on the pack room program, which, uh, I'd like to do each year. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Just go. I mean, it was, you know, it was, one, it was great that I was able to do that. One, I have to praise my coworkers, Carmen mm-hmm. and Ewan. They were incredible and really took one for the team to let me have this opportunity. Um, and I'm still paying for that, I have to say right now. That is a year they're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> right. If there's something nobody wants to do in the office, that's what I have it's to do. Really- <laughs> yeah, that's that's payback for pack room right there. And, and it's justified. So I, it was when do you get to have that kind of right. thing? I mean, I've worked and studied abroad, I hate to admit, for well over 20 years now. <laughs> and I've never never been around a program that's as unique as Packram. I mean, there are programs that are different, but this one is as unique as anyone I've ever, ever experienced. And what? then to really experience it, that was great, yeah. What about it sets it apart, do you think? Well, there are programs where people can go for a year. Right. But this is – I've never been around one that goes to Asia for the year and it changes every time. I mean, right. that's incredible by the faculty involved, um, current events in the world. It alters. So I couldn't even tell you where they're going right now. I right. mean, I, I, it's amazing like that. And it takes a lot of hard work. Um, like Nick Canto has been working like crazy on this thing yeah. as well as the other folks involved. And so it, it's just amazing that it changes. And to bring 25 students, that's a big group. Yeah, I mean, it is. I've led a lot of fac- uh, study abroad programs, and we'd never brought 25 <laughs> right. students. That's a big group to um, Just keep logistically. Track of. Oh, logistically, because yeah. it doesn't always, that size doesn't fit in it buses or vans or everything else. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's an impressive undertaking. Um, and it was so fun to get to go do. Yeah. Do you have favorite memories that stick out to you when you flip through your mental file of pack rim? Well, there, I mean, there's so there's so many little spots, yeah. you know, or you hear a song and it takes you right back right. there. Or I see a student on campus, although yeah. they've graduated now, but I, right. I see them and instantly it takes me right back to that yeah. spot. And I, I think the thing for me, one, 
just eating all year was a dream. <laughs> but um, and I think I showed it after the, the whole experience. <laughs> but I, you know, I haven't been able to be with Puget Sound students for that length of time. Like I have right. meetings right. or something, and I get to know some, and we have students that work in the office. Sure. But it was different to be around students for big chunks of time like that, and it was really fun to hear their perspective. I learned mm. a lot about Puget Sound. I learned a lot about them. I learned a lot about current study abroad because I hate to admit when I studied abroad, things were a little different. <laughs> and so just to see and experience the things they're going through was, that was really eye-opening for me. You know, I had an idea, but mm. to really see it in, in practice, that was fun. What were some of those common threads? Well, um, I would say, one, the students were way more mature and and fun to be around than I might right. have than I might have expected. You know, right. I I added kind of imagine beforehand lots of disciplinary debauchery. Yeah, this kind of thing. Yeah. And really that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh gosh, what right. what could happen? And I'm supposed to be looking out of health and safety, these kind of things. I'm like, oh, yeah. what have I signed up for? Right. But they were really I mean, they really were passionate about finding out things and were better than, much more mature than I was at that age when I went abroad <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing. So it was really nice. And and then just to see them, you know, as friends now instead of like, right. you know, someone I'm bringing on this trip or something like that. Yeah, it's really nice. That's one of the things actually I have never done a year-long study abroad yeah. program, but that I felt about so many grown-ups seems like the wrong phrase, but professionals that were in my life during my time at Puget Sound that – both the ease of sort of crossing the barrier mm. from a really institutionalized, molded relationship into yeah. a more friendly one or into what felt like a genuine friendship. I, I was really struck by, how one, how easy it was to do that, and then, two, how many people were willing to. Oh, the, I never had that kind of relationship with a faculty member when yeah. I was an undergraduate. I Just, no. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that amazes me. Um, and I, the faculty really... They're really here, and they care about students. I, it amazes me. I mean, they invest a lot. Just in the faculty-led, the amount of work they do that right. it's not apparent when you're a student, or maybe it is for students, but you just think, oh, we're just going on this thing abroad. Right. And pe- other people that aren't involved think, oh, they're doing this boondoggle to go somewhere. Right. They work so hard and put so much of their own time. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. They're really giving, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, It is. Even – so we've talked about Madagascar. The other way that I studied abroad in college yeah. was I did a faculty-led study abroad program to Malaysia um, with Peter Wimberger, yeah. who's a biologist. And He's fun. Yeah. He, oh, it was so fun. He <laughs> yeah. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't really realize, really until we got there, how much effort it had been. Yeah. But just both in terms of the, I mean, it was only 10 people. It wasn't any 25, but the logistics of the group and not just the executing, but the thoughtfulness about what is important to know. Yeah. What is important to know? What is important to see? What experiences do you need to have to really understand what's happening? Yeah. They work really hard on those things. I mean, they really want it to be the best experience it can be. And that's, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, that's that's great. And then it's amazing to, I mean. There's, what, at least 10 different faculty members, more probably, who have participated in these programs? Yeah, there are quite a few. They're, yeah. and they're doing it and and to the point where they're, we're, we're needing – we're coming up. We just kind of got these things going. Right. And now 
they, I wouldn't say they've exploded, but there are lots of people wanting to do this. And yeah. so we, we have a really small office. You right. know, they're, they're like, <laughs> right. you know, two and a half FTE in our office. And so we're thinking we've got to kind of calm it down a little because we don't want something to fall through the cracks. Sure. Going. And it, they, I mean, the amount of work uh, LaToya has invested in Ghana is amazing. Uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> sure. I talk to her all the time about it and she's talking to other people and she's meeting with students and she's contacting Ghana. I mean, it's, yeah. So it, it's really impressive what they're wanting to offer students. It's amazing. Yeah. The other half of your job that I I would imagine is fun, in addition to the sort of idealistic thinking <laughs> course, about yeah. the world, yeah. is um, that you get to hear people's stories when they come back. Yeah. What are some of the just wildest things that you've heard people say happened to them while they were abroad? Well, wildest might not. Let's see. I, I, Most interesting. Yeah. I, you can swap the adjective. I, I would say the things that. You know, they'll tell us fun things because, yeah. you know, you you kind of romanticize all the fun right. things in a way. Yeah. But the things that I think are amazing are something that has sparked their interest and they then do something related to their senior thesis. Right. And then they go to grad school and they do something like right. this. That that That's the thing that I find amazing because I was such a different type of undergraduate student. I was, I was kind of going through the motions. And I love – when someone has been sparked by this thing. Um, and I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he had gone to India and to Morocco, and then he got a Fulbright to go back. Mm -hmm. And it, or, or one of the students that worked in our office, she got a Fulbright to go back to India. And then right. on Pakrim, I got to have lunch with her. She was doing her oh. Fulbright. She came up from Pune to uh, Mumbai. That's we not met Jess, for lunch. Is it? Yeah, Jess, yeah. yeah. And so it was just that's the kind of thing that's like Right. I, I mean, how great is this? This is like you see how something I mean, she's a fabulous student and she's an amazing person <sighs> yeah. in general. But it's amazing to see the study abroad, getting the Fulbright, see her back there working on have her right. talk about it and seem so composed and right. what she was doing was amazing. And so that was just I mean, it's kind of like a parent, you know, like yeah. if my daughter, it was just, it was great to see it. You just right. feel so happy and so excited, something like that. Well, and the other thing about that specific example um, is that it, it worked so nicely with the patchwork of her other interests, right? Yeah. And I think that's part of what's exciting about a place like Puget Sound is you come in with sort of a vague sense of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, we were, Jess and I were roommates our freshman year, oh, no, so I, I, didn't I actually know a lot about Jess. <laughs> okay. um, and she came in thinking she wanted to be a doctor. She wanted yeah. to be a physician. And as she took science classes and took international political economy classes, she sort of evolved into thinking more about global health. Yeah. She studies abroad in India. There are some obvious connections there to what you might learn about global health. Sure. And then she does a Fulbright about maternal mortality, a research Fulbright. Yeah. About yeah. maternal mortality yeah. in India. And just to trace somebody's journey as you take these oh. sort of vague understandings of your interests and are able to apply them and narrow them down. Yeah. I, I mean, it was so – yeah, I totally agree. It was so amazing. And I think she's working in public health at Harvard or something now. Yeah, she's in Boston. It, it, so it, it was just – yeah, just you see all that coming together and that knowledge. Right. I, I, it was amazing. So – and it was great to see her so comfortable in India after, yeah. you know, right. after hearing her stories about, you know, issues and things. The and things then, that were hard oh, yeah. the first time, yeah. yeah. And then just – it was great, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing, I could hear that all day, every day. It would be, it would be <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roy, 
Roy, we are ending all of our conversations by asking people the same four questions. All right. Uh, the first question is, what's the best place on campus? Uh, my favorite place is the Arboretum mm. um, because I live north of campus, yeah. so I walk to work, and it's so nice when I step off of, was it 18th, it and is. then I start walking by the library and the Arboretum, and it's just, today it was a little bit misty in there. I was just, it's great. So it kind of makes you happy or me happy going through there. There are a lot of other places, um, but that's the one I think is my favorite. Do you uh, walk to work every day? I do. Oh, good for you. So spoiled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of the great things in life, walking to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you reading right now? I'm reading a book called Homegoing, mm. um, and it's it's about Ghana. Mm. Um, and actually, Latoya is going to have the students read that book. Um, and so I started, and it's it's pretty fascinating. Who is it written by? Yah Gossi, I think is how you say that. Okay. Um, so I'm not too far into it, but uh, they're talking about, you know, Accra and being up in the village right. and all this. So it's it's pretty fun right now. Yeah. What is the best place to eat in Tacoma? I love food, so that's tough. But <laughs> I I think silk Thai is my favorite. Mm. Any day I have Thai food, I'm happy. Yeah. So um, the more Thai food I can get, the better life is. So, <laughs> so I go to silk Thai a lot, yeah. And lastly, what makes Puget Sound special? I think we, I, you know, I thought about this in a little bit, and I, I think my coworkers are really amazing to mm. to really take one for the team to let me have that opportunity to go on Pac Rim. Right. But I'd also say I, I touched on a little bit earlier. I think the faculty that really care about students that that still amazes me, and that's one of the things I love about working at a liberal arts institution like Puget Sound. They really. They're really here because they want to help students learn, pursue their dreams, that kind of thing. And that that amazes me. Like a Peter Wimberger. Right. It's always refreshing to have him come in the office and just hear him talk about students and life. And it's great. Yeah. So I'd say that's it for me. Yeah. Roy Robinson, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast.